Hello and welcome back to The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM. Um, we're broadcasting live here today from unceded Musqueam and Coast Salish territory on the UBC campus in Vancouver, BC. Um, Real World is affiliated with the UBC Film Society Club. Um, we're all exec members in that. <laughs> um, and we just try to connect with other clubs and host anyone who's interested in talking about film. Um, yeah, I'm Alex. I'm the bookings manager of FilmSock. Hello, I'm Augustin. I'm the computer operations of FilmSock. And, and hi, I'm Jin. I'm the productions manager at FilmSock. And I'm Clara. I'm the film liaison. Um, yeah, so we are the usual four four hosts here today. Um, we're going to be talking about the Watermelon Woman. From 1996, directed by Cheryl Dunier. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, I thought we would announce a few events that UBC Film Society has coming up. Um, we have a beer garden, buzzer garden, buzzerless garden <laughs> <laughs> on uh, when is it? Next Friday. Next Friday. Fe uh, February 15th, I think. February 15th. And it'll be in our club room, which is 0011 in the basement of the Life Building. We have a really nice couch. And we're watching... What movie? <laughs> um, it's a really cool one. Um, it's the Coen Brothers I'll let you... Oh, right it's Oh Brother, Where oh, Art Thou, yeah, which is right, a great yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I highly enjoyed that. Um, but that'll be fun. And then also... We have our AGM coming up on March 5th. Um, that's a good opportunity if you're at all interested in joining the exec or just coming out to see what FilmSock is all about. We definitely need people in our club to come and vote. We need to let some people there. Or, or, or to become execs. If you're interested in being uh, part of FilmSock uh, as a leader, of sorts. <laughs> leader. Um, you can also sign up. We're looking for positions. All positions are open. Um, you can run and become a leader. Yeah, it's fun. There's a lot of really cool positions um, that are available 
and it's a fun club to be in you know it's chill laid back you're not like selling stuff to people or anything <laughs> like that i mean sometimes yeah but it's it's low-key it's low-key and it's good it's a good time um there's lots of lots of movies and food and popcorn and all that so if you're at all interested come check us out march 5th in room 2506 in the nest but we'll probably post details soon anyways. at 6 p.m at 6 p.m um yeah so we might as well move on to our movie which clara picked uh this movie was screened last night um with film society (laughs) screened with that and double happiness by mina shum um yeah wait do you guys know the double happiness that mina shum is a ubc graduate yeah isn't that so cool i just like can't get over that that. oh my god she gives talks sometimes yeah yeah i always thought that was amazing by her we should interview her. We, we should go to a talk. But we should interview her. Oh, that's such a good idea. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Okay, I really like that. her. Also, she, that. oh, my gosh, she's directing something new. Oh, I have to find out. Oh. Um, but it's just something that I would not have expected her to be In what way? directing. I have to find it. Oh, um, okay. Anyways, so Watermelon Woman is from 1996. Yep. Um, Clara, I was wondering why you chose this film. Um, so I was kind of looking for non-heteronormative like ex- like films to include for February. Basically, I just wanted like romance movies that were not like white straight people. So Double Happiness came out of that like. Uh, the Watermelon Woman and then like the other ones I'm screening this month also Um, but The Watermelon Woman is just like I mean I've like heard so much about it and I know like I know of it as like this like groundbreaking like iconic movie Mm -hmm. Um, and I just hadn't seen it yet and I wanted to watch it I'd never heard of it before you brought it up I Um, don't know when I or like how I first heard of it like I just feel like it's like circulated around me yeah you're i, I feel like you're very 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 well versed in the mm. film world and I'm not at all i think so i think you are i don't know anything that's like mm, slightly obscure i feel like i'm just a movie theater person you know <laughs> <laughs> that's bad um but uh yeah it was um it was a good movie so did you have any context when you watched it or did so you we started watching it without <laughs> without any context, and then we were like, "Oh, we should probably read a little bit." Yeah. But even what we read, like, I was not prepared for the end. For the end, where you realize, oh, awesome! That's it's what not I real. was gonna ask about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we were just like, "Oh, she's looking for this woman." Okay. Mm-hmm. And and she just wants to put it as fiction, but also there's a documentary element it's interesting yeah and then the end just came smashing down good to have some some plot background before we dive deep into it um yeah but so so the director is cheryl dunier Mm -hmm. and she plays herself in the in the movie um and it's herself cheryl who is trying to make a documentary about um this woman who is called the watermelon woman in the credits of a lot of the like 20s and 30s films that she starred in um and she's a black woman that played a lot of well this is in cheryl's documentary this is what we're learning about her that she played a lot of these like mammy archetypes um, but she was also like a singer and performer um so cheryl's just trying to find out more about her and create like this film about her because of the fact that so many um, stories about black women and especially black lesbian women are untold. Um, Unwritten about. Yeah. yeah. So we just kind of see Cheryl on her journey through this. So it feels like when you're watching it, it feels very documentary like, but at the same time, like, you know, it's scripted and you can tell like it's pretty cheesy a lot <laughs> of the times and the acting is kind of cheesy, but. Um, in a really sweet way yeah it's yeah. just very like sincere and yeah. genuine um, very student film yeah all the transitions LA's. are like <laughs> cute <laughs> and stuff um and then at the end like cheryl kind of presents to us the final like or just a bunch of stuff about faye richard's life who's the watermelon woman mm-hmm. and then at the end i don't i should have written down what it, the text was at the very end how uh, none of it yeah. was real basically 
Mm-hmm. Like, when, like you don't, when you don't have yeah. history, you have to write your own fiction. Yeah, you have to write something along the lines yeah. of that. Um, so basically, the watermelon woman wasn't real, and Faye Richards is not a real person. She's just like a historical figure that Cheryl Dunyer made up and made up this story um, because those stories don't exist otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like, there yeah. is nothing out there about women like that, and... Yeah, so if, like, I guess, yeah, from Cheryl's perspective, if, if those stories don't exist, you have a responsibility to so to somehow tell them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, or or more like something like uh, uh, we have to create stories because, uh, I don't know, I lost my train of thought, sorry. Because, like, <laughs> sorry to interrupt you. Real stories weren't documented or weren't told yeah. as they were, so... Like, uh, telling fiction draws attention to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of her interviews, like, I saw her, like, or she, like, phrased it as, like, rewriting history. So, like, actually, like, including these people in history in the, like, stories of history. Because history is just stories, right? So, right. Yeah, that yeah. was, like, some of the interesting part of, like, the idea that I was thinking about was... Um, I guess like truth in double quotes and like truth seeking, what does that mean? And like, how is that reflected in historical records and what parts of history do we receive? And I don't know that kind of the whole act of like archiving stories and like who gatekeeping Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, like who has the privilege and the rights Mm -hmm. to hold knowledge and to record history or record stories. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's definitely like a powerful movie. But then the ending just like really blows your mind that, that these kind of gaps exist. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that. And it's really cool that that people are making an effort to fill them in ways as creative as this. Yeah. Um. And yeah, yeah and yeah. as context and whatever, like you know, you didn't talk about the fact that. Yeah, Faye Witcher was not only a black woman; she was also a lesbian, and supposed right. like that character, that fictional character, uh, and a very important figure, but completely forgotten about in written stuff or like talked about in relationship to her white director, who was always denied being a lesbian or like part of that mm-hmm. like whole like fun stuff or about her or something. Mm-hmm. And also, the movie itself, The Watermelon Woman. Uh, is the first we saw that it was the first feature length film directed by a black lesbian woman yeah which narrative is like film i would think yeah hmm? like it's specifically narrative film oh okay yeah, yeah okay but still but right still, yeah. yeah and 96 is mm-hmm. really yeah not that long ago no um yeah i don't know i had i as much as i liked the movie i felt like i needed to be cautious about my approach to it just because Mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm not black i'm not lesbian like i can't relate or understand to uh, understand the the conflict in the film that like being so underrepresented that you have to like go to these kinds of lengths um to make those stories heard but i don't know yeah i'm just trying to find like parts of the story that i feel like we can relate to more mm-hmm. without like overstepping any bounds or anything like that um i mean there's something s- strange about how because you know same i feel i feel the same way i don't know how to talk about it and because it's not also part of you know my own history uh not that you know i think it's uh i don't know uh, i think it should be part of my history right um that's the whole point, right? But it's also, like, a strange thing to have to be explained those things, right? Um, to listen to that. And this, I feel a responsibility to do that. But also, like, then it's hard for me to, like, oh, no, I get it. You know, like, of course I don't. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess we could also talk about, like, formal elements. Mm-hmm. That might be easier. Um just well, in terms of like yeah. the documentary within a narrative film mm. type of layering that's going on and also like the very different I mean 
you see like different technologies in it that are very like indicative of the time and we see like the footage that she's taking but also the footage that makes up the film you mm-hmm. know like you can see the differences yeah. in quality right that's like kind of the camcorder type look when she's recording um these interviews that she has or um like research that she's doing or these books and all these photographs and archives that she's finding versus the quality of the footage of her acting in the broader film Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of like blurred lines between what is like what's in her project like as a character in the film she's making this project right but then also like the bigger project of her as a director (laughs) there's like just a lot of layers there which like can get confusing but it's really cool um and that she's like working and making effort to like achieve a goal in every single one of those uh-huh. those levels mm-hmm. like something is happening and i don't know i never i've never really watched a movie like that and yeah that and sense. it's and while you watch it when you don't really know like that twist or the seeming twist like i was like trying to rationalize the everything right like oh i was like oh, the documentary aspects are things that she really shot when she was looking for this woman. And then she just restituted stuff after the fact to, and, you know, staged it. And so, for example, the, the whole thing with, like, her meeting uh, with uh, the yeah. director meeting yeah. with uh, a romantic partner. Mm-hmm. And and I, I thought, like, oh, okay, so there's some documentary footage of, like, taken but like randomly of them and then there's like the restitution of them meeting after the fact and Mm. whatever uh but (laughs) but then there's like really weird stuff where like some of the documentary aspects of it there's like two cameras which like seems unprobable or even three and you're like oh wait (laughs) how and then you know everything is kind of revealed but like yeah i thought that was interesting i was kind of lost yeah the blurry blurriness of the lines mm-hmm. yeah because it doesn't like try super hard to completely look like a documentary the whole time but you just the part about Faye Richards and her trying to find Faye Richards is so like real it is quote, real. yeah real. it's very <laughs> real yeah. yeah but I mean even in that sense you know um I was just thinking about how like it was difficult for her to find information but it was still easy you know what I mean like she would talk to these women who were going to these clubs um in the 30s and they were like oh i have a bunch of photos of faye richards right. but like in reality it's not easy at all and people don't have like all of those records like you don't and the, miss, yeah the records yeah, that do exist are not and you ask yeah. yeah they're they're from people who are mm-hmm. there they're not from libraries yeah. or reference books or archives they're from like people that she has you know a few degrees of separation from or that her family knows so it's very like held within the community but not not within like the bigger world of mm. research and history and mm-hmm. things like that. So all of it is very like you were, I guess and you were saying during the movie that it's very much like oral history or just like the passing of these mm-hmm. small um, items and photographs and things like that. But none of it is, is really recorded anywhere. It's just kind of these like fragments. Mm. Yeah, actually like that kind of, that's a like really interesting point because it sort of, is recorded in a way just not in the like like dominant system yeah majority archiving yeah. and like like this like library like it's like the power like you know mm-hmm. yeah it's like the library like holds all the power but right. like so it's, it's recorded but not in a way yeah, that no, like we see as legitimate in yeah. some yeah, sense exactly. or like holding uh authenticity or authority mm-hmm. like all of that history is still real and and, and people do exist. have bits and pieces yeah, exactly. of it but it's not you wouldn't be able to cite it in a paper yeah. right it's yeah, not a it's not a peer-reviewed source <laughs> or anything like yeah. that because it's just not like archived in a way that's like acceptable yeah I like and that was a really interesting part yeah. too when she goes to the center for lesbian information and technology yes. clit <laughs> um, <laughs> and oh my 
god. And I think that's that so was good. that was really playing off that idea that yeah. it's just like disorganized and not really a functioning system. Mm-hmm. And she was like, We're running we're running on from volunteers, <laughs> like we don't have time to keep it all yeah. together. Um, and she's just the librarian person there is just like dumping these boxes of um, like magazine clippings and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff, but it's like super messy. And I don't, I guess that's kind of like, I don't know, not symbolic, but, but very much referencing that idea mm-hmm. that, that these histories that are not represented and these histories that are not told, um, like this is how people might see them from the outside as these kind of like illegitimate, mm-hmm. not like quote right. real yeah. places of reference but then at the same time just like the like wealth of information that she had access to mm-hmm. in that like disorganization and like how willing everyone was to help right and then like contrasting to like you know the library scene and the Where guy the guy's was, like, just in a dick yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and how everything was like very sectioned you know like mm-hmm. which is not really the case in yeah. at the clit uh yeah. which is like um also interesting in the way that like it seems like the history's still there, right? All it takes is like to listen and to ask. Uh, the oral history, even mm-hmm. though like it seems unlegitimate, like I feel like if you're looking for prime, and you know, we were wondering also during the movie, like, oh, was internet a thing? And I think, well, you know, Wikipedia and stuff like that, you know, since everyone can, you know, everyone can bring their own oral histories, but still, I feel like if something is under the radar, you couldn't find it on the internet you'd have mm-hmm. to ask people again and some of that and i feel like in communities would have been invisibilized constantly it's really important to hear about these stories like i was um for a i was i'm in the sociology sociology of sexualities class and uh the we were talking about um the prostitution of transgender women and that's a history that is not told right that is specifically not told in mm-hmm. vancouver and so the paper was on someone who was interviewing transgender women in those communities that have been there for a long time. And, you know, that's the primary source and you can't get any any other. Mm-hmm. And it's super interesting. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, might be a good time to take a quick break. Yeah. But we will be right back. Um, the first song we have coming up is Waste of Spacey by Debt Jubilee from their new album. Oh, wait. By Divorcer, and the album is Dead Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be right back.
Vortex. Do you like that? How about that? Mondays, 5 p.m. Deliberate Noise. Nina Panini, special guest Claire. Local, new, hot, upcoming shows, toilets, friendship. Mondays at 5. CITR. Be there. Be there. <laughs> One, two. Be there. Hey, it's Cynthia from the Bike Kitchen. We moved, but we are still nearby. The Bike Kitchen is now located on East Mall in the trailer between Irving K. Barber and Brock Hall. Come down and check out our selection of used bikes, work on your bike with our tools, or get a tune-up by one of our pro mechanics. We have a one or two-day turnaround on all tune-ups. Check out our website, thebikekitchen.com, for more information about our services and prices. Bro, I was kind of thinking that I might want to write, like, stuff for a magazine, dude. You know you can do that at CITR and Discorder, right? What? Yeah, you can review live shows where you get in for free, or music and books and stuff that's coming out, or do write-ups on artists and local issues for Discorder magazine. That's sick, bro. Yeah, just email volunteer at citr.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever. Dude, I totally will. Tu 
And we are back with The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM. Um, I'm your host, one of your hosts, Alex. <laughs> um, Jen had to leave us today. She had to leave early. So um, it's just me, Clara, and Augustine. Um, it was cool. I thought it was going to keep going, but they're having the Lunar New Year thing in the nest. It would have been cool to have it play through. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we're back with The Watermelon Woman. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about the sex scene because it's oh, really okay. good. <laughs> just going right into it. Um, I just was like, when I saw it, like, I guess. Also well, maybe we should say that. Uh, so Cheryl, in mm. the in the True. narrative context, fictional context. part of the film, meets this woman named Diana. Um, so Cheryl works in a video store, and Diana just comes in as, as a customer Diana's to white. rent some films. Diana's mm-hmm. white. Um, yeah, so that causes like an interesting dynamic, dynamic, mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. like a tension too between Cheryl and her friend. Yeah, um, Tamara. Yeah, where Tamara is very um, kind of just kind of doubtful, I guess, Skep- of like skeptical yeah, or like yeah. not trusting her of Cheryl's relationship with Diana. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Diana's a really interesting character. She's also. very strange. She is weird. Like I could not put my no. finger on what. I don't know. I just couldn't like I couldn't totally understand her mm-hmm. her like motivations and her drive and you know she has this big apartment and doesn't doesn't really seem to be like doing much like she's an artist and we also know that she has like a interesting family history and that she lived in a ton of places and mm-hmm. she tells Tamara and Tamara's girlfriend and Cheryl that she was born in Jamaica. And they're like, what? Yeah. How are you born in Jamaica? <laughs> she's very privileged. Like, she's yeah, good all around the world with uh, her father, who's like a diplomat. She has a lot of money. She mm-hmm. can allow herself to, like, stop studying. And she, she has connections to um, Martha Page, who is this white director who is casting yes. Faye Richards in films and yeah. was presumably Faye Richards' lover. Um, Diana has connections to martha page's sister mm-hmm. so uh cheryl gets to interview her through that um but that already sets like a lot of i don't know i guess it kind of sets the tone for diana's character as well that she has connections to that kind of yeah she is that kind of history like, and white like yeah and and martha page yeah. is i mean not martha page but her sister who cheryl interviews is like a really unpleasant person and like refuses to acknowledge that that her sister was like lesbian um and just like kicked them out of her house when they started asking questions about it so she's very kind of closed off and diana was very apologetic in that scene and cheryl like there's like a voiceover part where cheryl was like i just went off on that woman like i couldn't stand for that um and she kind of like tells her off but not in a super like not in a mean way at all. No, no, it wasn't like it, like because the way she like presents like what she's about to do is mm-hmm. like a lot more like. Yeah, you feel like she's gonna like scream at her yeah, or something, but not at all. Mm-hmm. She's just saying no. But sh- you have to face the facts that right. she was a lesbian, and, and that's then, fine. Like, and then yeah. it's just like, oh, I'm so sorry. So. Yeah, but, so yeah, I think <laughs> we kind of see the end too of of their relationship, right? In that mm-hmm. scene, that like they're how different and opposing their demeanor is and just how like willing they are to go to take these lengths to make the story i feel like diana is really like colonizing of like the the, like spaces of like complications like how privileged she is is like allows her to be wherever she wants Mm -hmm. so like she's like like, all over the world all over the world she wants to be with black communities because she gets it and uh and also, like, she's a lesbian, but she, like, not really, like, not not that there's, like, a true way to be a lesbian or mm-hmm. whatever, but, like, there's something very strange about her relationships and how it's, like, all around black people also. Like, she's been with black men and black lesbians. and But all of that, it, like, she hasn't, it seems that she hasn't, like, felt at all the um, difficulties that, being a lesbian woman might in, entail, you know, like, or, uh, and because she's so rich and so and I, But I think she's also, like, important, um, I guess, as a reflection of ourselves, right, as viewers that also come yeah. from a position of privilege. Like, maybe we didn't have 
lives where we like got to move all around the world and things like that but in different ways you know we are equally unaffected Mm -hmm. by the struggle that cheryl has to go through and the efforts that she has to make Mm -hmm. in the same way that diana does not Mm -hmm. um have to be as invested she doesn't she can she can apologize to martha page's sister about Make, like, be making her reality. Yeah. upset Basically, or something yeah. but for Cheryl that's not something she can apologize for that's something she needs to that's part to of her as well to, yeah. Yeah. yeah like she doesn't have a choice with that but yeah. but we like Diana like we we're in that position mm. and I don't it's I think it's very easy to be critical of Diana and to course, see her yeah. through Cheryl's lens but at the same time like we are equally no, I, I, in I, that position and we're I think, I think that's kind of her her role in the in the film oh, yeah. as well. It's just like mirroring mm-hmm. us. No, I, I agree, and I think I think Cheryl's not that critical of Diana. It, like it could, you know, it couldn't happen their relationship because of all these problems, but also it happened, and like Cheryl is extremely like defensive of Diana towards Tamra, who's mm-hmm. really much more critical. I think Cheryl the character is not. Um, mm-hmm. critis- critical, but Cheryl but is a director. Uh, yeah, yeah, is I guess so. But because it's like she's showing us like what problems that Tamara has with it, and like basically like what like she's like we see more than just what the character of Cheryl sees, right? Like mm. or Cheryl the director like shows us the like kind of like privilege, like the sort of ignorance that Diana has. Um, mm. That's true. You know. Mm-hmm. as a sort of like negative thing and like showing how it like negatively impacts even like Cheryl mm-hmm. the character and like yeah. yeah and their relationship I feel like is also not necessarily parallels but can be very tied right. into Martha Page and Faye Richards relationship um, but even in not not in necessarily like empowered dynamics but the fact that like Faye Richards and what we learn about her, you know, she has to make all of these efforts to um, be part of a studio. And even then, when she was in these black cast films, they're not as successful as the Hollywood films that feature white celebrities. Mm-hmm. And these films are always played beforehand and they're never like the main event at all these yeah. uh, 20s and 30s theaters. So it's just like the differences in like the effort that they have to put in versus Martha Page and Diana can kind of just exist and Martha Page is in history books as a you know a female director Mm -hmm. um but I I also thought and I I agree with you like I'm not going against what you're saying but just as maybe as something to complete like when that uh, when Cheryl goes to see uh Faye Richards long lover long time lover 20 years she doesn't want to talk about it and she just writes this letter the lover about how she doesn't want to talk about the way like Faye Richards is not only about Martha Page and whatever and that relationship it's also about she's not only a cinema actress she's also like a singer and that's really important and uh and and you know and she's not only a mama she also like plays like uh really cool uh, women in like uh, gangster movies even though they didn't work that much um, but then I feel like uh, Cheryl Dunye the, uh, she you know responds to that as like I completely understand that but from my standpoint it's also important to know that there was a black lesbian woman affiliated to this woman director you know like mm-hmm. that relationship was part of that history as well I don't know you know what I mean it's like even though it sucks in many ways, that ability of Martha Page to infiltrate all of that, but also it has happened and, you know, I don't know. It's a complicated question. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's important in the film to show the contrast between how they're represented, right? Mm. Yeah. Not just like, it's not giving Martha Page credit or anything, but it's just showing like, oh, this is how someone, like her is remembered and this is how someone like Faye Richards is remembered that's true right when they had like maybe equal like creative and like artistic contributions to their communities Mm -hmm. or like yeah like both had like significant it wasn't like Faye Richards was just an actor and like you know but but did I say the right uh, name yeah yeah. but I was just thinking about the parallel with Diana and Jell and oh I see you know Mm but well yeah I mean Martha Page and Diana both have like very important roles in the film right yeah they act as like they're functioning to show something and 
like their presence says something about like Cheryl's interactions with Diana and Cheryl's relationship with Diana and also Faye Richards relationship with Martha Page and the consequences beyond that yeah not, not just the relationship but just like historically how is it remembered how is it represented um how is their work represented um yeah Okay, so you wanted to talk now that we laid the foundation. <laughs> laid the scene. What what did you want to talk about? The sex scene. In the sex, sex scene. scene. Well, did you guys like notice it as like a really interesting scene at all, or um, because uh, we watched Double Happiness last night right afterwards, and there was also a sex scene in that, and they were just very very differently shot. Mm. Um, I don't remember the specifics of Double Happiness <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like ver- like the Double Happiness sex scene wasn't like super like different from other sex scenes in any way it was just like it was just there but i don't know the watermelon woman it was just so like very real i think yeah or i'm just like thinking like how i've seen other you know like lesbian sex scenes in films depicted and it's like those are highly like romanticized or can be like fetishized or and this was like one of the first to ever do it and they like laid this like perfect foundation for like a really good sex scene like it's like really respectful and intimate and just like how it should be Mm -hmm. and then you just like all these like movies that come after that like don't follow that example Mm -hmm. you know like they're more recent so you would almost think that they would have like a little more understanding of what they're doing but like Mm. they don't but it's like i don't know just because they're more recent doesn't mean they're going to be any more progressive right, you know? exactly. if anything like they're more kind of catered towards uh i don't know i don't want to say male gaze but like it's <laughs> yeah. i mean it's kind of true and, mm. and a lot of those films are like directed by yeah, men exactly. right so who are the people that are picking yeah, the like, way that those scenes are progressiveness exactly yeah, like that's so mm-hmm. it's it's definitely yeah. different and like having cheryl dunya being the director for that scene and probably deciding how it all yeah. goes down is like definitely like makes an impact and you can Mm -hmm. tell for me what was uh uh, interesting about the sex scene was like oh yeah one 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 part of it was like you know how it like it starts and you're like oh yeah there's this moment when like they start kissing or whatever and you're like oh is there gonna be a sex scene Mm -hmm. it fades away fades to black so i'm like oh okay so next scene and then it bam it cuts into full-on sex scene uh which was interesting because you're like Oh, okay, so they're, tra- they're choosing... At first, I was like, oh, they're choosing to, uh, you know, go, go over it. And then the next moment is, like, right into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, when we were watching it, we were just like, oh, okay. So that that's, that's what's going to happen. You know, like, it was interesting. It was, yeah. Yeah, they just, like, skipped to, like, the yeah. event, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, might be a good time to take another quick break. <laughs> Maybe this is an appropriate song. Um, next song is a cover of the Bee Gees' How Deep Is Your Love <laughs> by Floor Cry. Um, then we'll have a few ads and whatnot, and we'll be right back. Thank you. 
Tune in to Too Dreamy, Fridays from 1 to 2 p.m. on CITR, featuring music from local female and non-binary musicians and some sweet bedroom pop tunes. When you join Balloon Club, we guarantee that you will be able to make a balloon poodle within the first day. Here at the UBC Ant Club, we just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, it's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah blah, blah 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 blah. Explosions. There's only one club worth joining at UBC, and that's CITR 101.9 FM. We got free tickets to shows, whirly pops, professional help in all types of audio engineering, passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag. All types of crazy people. Our programming manager rides a motorcycle. There's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discorder magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the floor of the Student Union Building. We got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca. Thank you. 
with The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM. Um, we're in our final few minutes here um, of our conversation yeah. about The Watermelon Woman. That last song was Daddy by Cherry Glazer, by the way, from their new album, Stuffed and Ready. Um, yeah, any last thoughts about The Watermelon Woman? We left off talking about um, the sex scene in it and how it was very wonderful and... <laughs> fulfilling and for everyone yeah. involved <laughs> <laughs> and very different from from what we yeah. see today at least especially in uh fuck what's the name uh blue is the warmest color mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um well maybe we could do a little like a little like brief discussion of like Cheryl Denier like what she did after and stuff if I don't know what she did after. Well, she did very not a lot after actually. So um, now she's a like film production professor, I think. I don't remember uh-huh. which university. Um, and like she did uh, like one TV movie called Stranger Inside in two thousand and one, mm-hmm. and that was like basically telling the story of like a mother and daughter reuniting in a women's like correctional facility in prison. Um, and then she also directed some TV like episodes here and there, but I think like the majority of her work has been like short films. Um, hmm. Yeah. So she, because I remember like watching an interview that um, she was giving where she kind of like said that she just wasn't super interested in work, like make, I guess like working in mainstream like right. film production. Mm-hmm. And then she Makes just, sense. yeah, like she just wanted to keep doing her like indie thing so that she can just talk about what she wants to talk about and yeah. not have to like worry about like money. money. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like who's going to market it and like right. who's going to do this. Hmm. Um, Stay in control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess it's not easy to like fund that kind of vision. Mm-hmm. I think this movie, The Watermelon Woman, had like. I think a $300,000 budget is what I read. Yeah. Um, hmm. But that it was funded through, like, donations from friends and, um, yeah, just ways wow. that aren't, like, tying it to having to meet expectations of, like, a studio or exactly um, any kind of, like, corporate aspect. It was, oh. like, a small national grant that mm-hmm. has, like, been discontinued. Like, mm. all these, like, really... Yeah, so it's not easy to get those <laughs> those opportunities otherwise. Um, yeah. 
I guess I guess that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's about it for today. Um, definitely, definitely go watch the Watermelon Woman if you yeah. have some time. Like we've been talking about oral histories, please watch mm-hmm. Watermelon Woman. Mm-hmm. You need it's important. Yeah, to it hear was, it was really impactful, and I think something really important these days to to uh, absorb and stay informed on, and also to like like its own like position in history yeah. like in film history like it's important for us to mm-hmm. know about this part of film history can you believe I it's guess. been 30 years uh 20 20, <laughs> 20 years. years yeah 30 i was like what uh, it's no, 20, no. 30 20. Now. yeah it's cool that like in her attempt to like rewrite history she like made part of history mm-hmm. too you know like the final product is in itself a record mm-hmm. yeah it is referenceable and legitimate and like all of the things that she couldn't find Mm -hmm. about Faye Richards Mm -hmm. in the story like she made that for the feature like she actually did rewrite history Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Yeah, which is pretty cool which was the point yeah yeah so I think that's all we have for this week but we'll be back next week hopefully next Friday yes yeah um we don't know what we're gonna be watching yet but probably something in theaters yeah maybe something newer (coughs) i hope we'll see see what's out there um but yeah thanks for tuning in see you next week bye bye bye